This is Digital Pathology Today. Now here's your host, Dr. Joseph Anderson. The COVID-19 global health emergency brought about many changes in terms of both the regulation and practice of digital pathology. Regulations from both CLIA as well as the FDA were waived to help facilitate the sales and marketing of slide scanners and devices and also the practice of telepathology. This past week, a notice was placed in the Federal Register by the FDA through Health and Human Services soliciting a 90-day public comment period regarding the possibility of permanently waiving FDA oversight of the regulation of digital pathology slide scanners and displays. Welcome to Digital Pathology Today. I'm Joe Anderson. Our guest today is Richard Marooney, Director of Regulatory Compliance from Inspirata, and we're going to be talking about what this means for digital pathology. We're here with Richard Marooney, Director of Regulatory Compliance at Inspirata. Richard, thanks so much for being with us. Sure, my pleasure. Thank you. So there's been a big announcement in the Federal Register by the FDA through Health and Human Services regarding regulations of medical devices, and we're specifically interested in slide scanners and displays. So could you tell us what what was that announcement? Basically, the public health emergency allowed the FDA to temporarily waive medical device regulations, what they call emergency use authorizations, for certain devices including digital pathology equipment. The announcement informed the public that the FDA would like to make these waivers permanent after a 90-day public comment period. More specifically in the announcement, the FDA has determined that the 510K pre-market notification regulations for 84 Class II devices are no longer necessary to assure the safety and effectiveness of those devices. So it's pretty it's a pretty big deal. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like it. I mean, I think that was kind of a big deal with this public health emergency in that we heard regulations were waived. In many ways, digital pathology became even more necessary with people working from home and so on during the public health emergency. So this helped to facilitate things. And you said a lot there. So let's take a step back. So what exactly do we mean when we talk about FDA regulation? Let's compare and contrast that to CLIA, because I think there's some a lot of confusion about what's actually being regulated and what FDA regulation means in the space of uh, slide scanners and displays. There's a lot going on you know, during the pandemic with these emergency use authorizations, and it's not just the FDA. You know, we know that the FDA regulates medical devices as a means to ensure that you know, they're safe and effective prior to being placed on the market. Of course, device manufacturers have to follow those regulations during development to generate data that they need to demonstrate that their devices are, in fact, safe and effective. And so the, the type of data required depends on the, the risk classification of the device. And there are three risk classifications, one, two, and three, uh, one being the lowest and three being the highest uh, amount of uh, risk. And uh, so basically, the, this data then gets um, submitted to the FDA for review. And the most common review process is called a 510K pre-market notification. And, and by law, FDA has 90 days to, to review the submission and, and make a determination as to whether the device is safe and effective it can be placed on the market. So that was one of the aspects of these waivers that they had during the public health emergency. So that was the FDA's part. It was all about indications for use. They were allowing like remote indications where they weren't previously allowed. You know, so the labs are regulated under CLIA, and so CLIA actually uh, got involved, and, and they made waivers that uh, allowed the labs to 
operate remotely so that so they kind of waive the licensing requirements for you know given laboratories remote locations of the pathologist could use digital pathology equipment could uh, you know review their whole slide images uh, from remote locations including their homes yeah so it's actually the fda as well as clear regulations kind of working in tandem that allow us to practice and so fda is more focused on uh, sales and marketing of devices is that fair and so you said things like class one class two and class three and 510k so let's be clear so where does uh, slide scanners fall in in terms of that classification you know so the fda regulates the scanners as part of an entire system and it wasn't until recently that they kind of started breaking out the other components of that system namely the displays and the image management software originally it started out uh, you know, they were new devices and they were automatically placed into uh, the class three category, which is, you know, the high risk class. And what happened was, you know, over time, uh, there was a lot of industry pushback. You know, the FDA has this commitment to the least burdensome approach. And, and so they basically realized like, okay, well, you know, they really shouldn't be class three devices. So they lowered the classification to a class two, which is what most of medical devices are. That's where the digital pathology equipment actually falls into. It's kind of deemed as a medium risk device. Class So class two is where you have a clearance and class three is where you have an approval. Is that accurate? Yep, that, that's correct. And so class two and the, the clearance is mainly geared towards safety. You know, we're making sure that this device at best does not harm people and generally the way it's done is to show that it's comparable in performance to other to other devices what were some of the changes that came about with this global health emergency in covid-19 in, in the past year you know and what what regulations were waived it, yeah, it's actually quite interesting. So the FDA changed their enforcement policies for many types of devices, uh, not just the digital pathology equipment. You know, I think the main change is that they waived the requirement to go through this 510K pre-market process. And uh, that, so that was on the FDA side. And, and they did allow expanded indications for use, namely, you know, being able to use these systems remotely. And so that's what happened on the FDA side. And then we also had on, on the CLIA side with CMS, uh, which oversees the regulation of clinical laboratories, waiving their license requirements, you know, allowing for a remote viewing of, of whole slide images. That certainly was a kind of a shot in the arm, or we had regulations waived or relaxed, which allowed, you know, facilitated to some extent remote sign out and the practice of digital pathology. And so now it seems like the big news is maybe we might be able to keep some of these relaxed standards. And what what are we looking for in this public comment period? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's kind of a big deal because usually it's been my experience. I've been in the industry for 30 years and, you know, usually you see the regulations it's rare that there's less regulations. You know, as we progress over time, it seems like there's technology changes and improves and so forth. The FDA has to keep pace and it usually kind of results in more regulation. And the EU is a good example. If you look at what's going on in the EU right now with IVDs, they're going in the other direction. It's like major, major regulations where previously there, there weren't really a whole lot in that area. So 
it's it's kind of amazing to to see um, to see this happening where they're looking at their data and realizing that hey you know maybe some of these processes don't really work that this data suggests that the pre-market notification process doesn't really add anything to making the device more safe. You know, anyone familiar with uh, regulation, I think there's the danger of it being very heavy-handed, the temptation to want to regulate everything. So kind of as you said, regulations generally only increase over time. So really uh, an opportunity or a window where we see a decrease or a relaxation in regulations could be a huge opportunity. And I was also looking through the Federal Register. There was a section where they reported adverse events for digital pathology uh, scanners and displays over a 10-year period, which I think was interesting. So how many adverse events have we seen, or is it many? You know, And secondly, we're not actually looking at a 10-year period because I believe these devices were only under the purview of the FDA for about three years. But So what was reported in terms of adverse events, and what's the significance of that? So there were a couple for the scanners early on. One of the problems is that they have trouble imaging faint tissue. So for, for, this, for the whole slide imaging systems as a whole, the scanners there were, prior to the public health emergency, there were two adverse events filed. Post-public health emergency, there was one. That one was actually a complaint about the brightness of the display. These are low-risk devices that, you know, no, nobody's going to get injured or uh, seriously get injured or die from these. And that's kind of what their conclusion was. So so that was for the whole, the, the like uh, the PSY product code for the whole slide imaging system. But then if you look at the image viewing software and actually the display separately, you know, so there's, there's only about, you know, two years worth of data on that. And none of that prior to the public health emergency, the, the reports that were filed for, for the displays themselves and the image management software, there's been none. That's a really indicative of the fact that, you know, these devices are, are, are low risk. Yeah, I, th I think that's excellent news. So it kind of reinforces what we've suspected is that these are low-risk devices, and it's just one component in a larger system, right? The pathologist is still exercising his or her judgment, and it's and we're not relying on this device to make a diagnosis. And it kind of reinforces what we already know. What do you think are the possible outcomes, and what can we hope for uh, following this public comment period? I remain positive, you know, and I, I hope the FDA will look at this information and then process it and, and make, you know, the right decisions here, the right determination. So the, the notice specifies that within 120 days of publication, that a final determination regarding uh, the exemption of pre-market notification for these devices is, is made. You know, that's what they're calling for in the notice. They're going to look at the data that's contained within and, and decide that 84 devices don't require pre-market notification. So I think it's possible that either none of them, you know, it could go a couple of different ways. You know, they might just say, okay, well, you know, we're not going to have any of this and make these waivers permanent, you know, so it's possible that none of the devices could be uh, permanently exempted or that some, or maybe even all of them, you know, I think, uh, you know, you got new people in at the Department of Health and Human Services. Uh, you know, it's possible that they could pick this up and say, oh, you know, we're, we're, you know, we need more time to make these decisions. We're going to further extend the public comment period. We'll see what happens. But I, I remain hopeful that, you know, they'll take this data to heart and 
uh, recognize that, you know, these devices are very safe. Uh, like you said, it's, you know, the pathologist who makes the decision. It feels like it could be historic. So we're talking, I mean, I think facetiously people like me said, well, why, why are displays and monitors and scanners even regulated in the first place? My, my microscope is not regulated. I sit at my desk. I look at these images through this microscope, which has been with us for well over a hundred years the image is displayed on my retina. I make a decision with my brain. There's no regulation of my microscope. And so I think facetiously, many pathologists have said, well, I don't need regulation for my computer monitor. As you said, th there is a tendency to regulate. Would this be somewhat of a historic event if that was all turned back and digital pathology heretofore uh, forever went unregulated in terms of scanners and displays. Is that within the realm of possibility? Yeah, I, I do think so. And, you know, it would be kind of a historic event, bring, bring truth to the, you know, regulation of these devices. But it's definitely a historic situation here. All right. Well, our guest has been Richard Maroney from Inspirata. We'll see you next time on Digital Pathology Today. This has been Digital Pathology Today. Please be sure to subscribe. Thanks for listening.